Hello, Marvelites, who are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 579. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink. I sound like I feel, which is questionable. So <laughs> everyone, just be nice to me this week. We're, we're walking gently into December. Just, you know, everybody take your vitamins. <laughs> Don't lick any flagpoles and, and just have a good day. <laughs> yeah, as you can hear, everybody, Lorraine is powering through, feeling ill like the superstar that she is. But the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for some podcasts. Honestly, I've been really looking forward to this because it's way more fun than blowing your nose and falling asleep on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless, it sucks. We love you. Thank you for doing this. Let's keep yeah. this rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we're excited about. And it's a big dang week if you are a Marvel Games fan because Marvel's Midnight Suns is coming out. And this week on the show, we have Jake Solomon, who is the creative director for Marvel's Midnight Suns. And he's lovely. Just lovely. <laughs> I watched these two men fall in love and be like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> It was so sweet, and they are so lovely, and he knows so much about comics. So excited to have him on the show. And we're going to talk more about Marvel's Midnight Suns, because what? It's now available, baby. Uh, Marvel's <laughs> Midnight Suns, of course, is the all-new tactical RPG from 2K and Fair Axis Games, and it is now available for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S. You can go buy it. It's out right now today, 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 and we're going to talk about a whole bunch more with Jake, and it sounds so fun. I cannot wait to get my little grubby hands on it. I know, I know. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get into that. But also, in conjunction with the release of the game, we have a new Midnight Suns comic book that's been running for a couple months, and we now put issue number one of the Midnight Suns series on Marvel Unlimited just a little bit early. So if you're, you're curious about any comic book stuff that we're doing, boom, it's right in there. It was originally published in September, so it's about a month earlier than normally we would put it up. The issue is written by Ethan Sachs, art by Luigi Zagaria. It's not an adaptation of the game. It's not specifically one-to-one, -one, but it does give you some of the tones and some of the characters. So the little quick synopsis is that a dark prophecy and apocalyptic new villains with horrifying powers the likes of which Earth has never faced before ordains a team of midnight suns to rise and tear shit up. Magic, Wolverine, Blade, Spirit Rider, and Nico Minoru. But... What does this new threat have to do with the Sorcerer Supreme's past, and why is Strange Academy student Zoe Laveau number one on the Suns list? Find out as you read through this series. If you're an Agatha Harkness fan, as you read through these issues, you get more of Agatha in it. It's got some cool creature designs, cool covers, everything about it. It's pretty, pretty neat. And it's got Ethan Sachs writing it, who I am such a big fan of. I just love mm -hmm. Ethan. He's the, the, the sweetest human being. Have you seen him on TikTok? No. He's funny on TikTok. He is, he's oh giving God. like quote unquote writing tips or writing advice. And it's it's real dumb, perfect, wonderful stuff. Oh my God, I have to go follow him. And while we're keeping the Marvel's Midnight Suns going, there is the final prequel short. You know, we've talked about these before. There have been several prequel shorts, five in total, all about the different characters and the games. And the last one is about Nico Minoru, who we love. And of course, it's going to provide more backstory on how Lilith, the villain in the game, became the mother of demons. 
and how superheroes like Blade, Magic, Ghost Rider, and of course Nico Minoru in this one came together to form the young core of the Midnight Suns. So again, this is the fifth and final episode of the prequel shorts titled Nico TV, and it's hmm. available to watch on Marvel's YouTube channel and Marvel.com. Go watch the rest of them as well and, and then download the game and play it. There you go. You're welcome. Good plans all around. And if you want more Marvel game stuff, we've got more to talk about, like in Marvel's Avengers, because the Winter Soldier is now available, playable in the game, which is super fun. He's got uh, (laughs) got his his greasy little hair doing his thing. You can check out a trailer on Marvel.com that breaks down his abilities and stuff about him. But we also have some cool stuff because there's a new update, 2.7 for the game, which brings Modoc back to the game, which is the most important thing in all news this week. He comes in with the cloning lab, which people have been hearing about and talking about for a long time. And sort of in this new update, which brings Winter Soldier, which brings the cloning lab, which brings Modoc back, some of the vibe is that the Winter Soldier is joining the roster. He's looking for captured inhumans in the game. And at Ames Cloning Lab, the scientist Supreme clones the Avengers' greatest foes. So you got to infiltrate the facility and then go through a whole bunch of stuff in it. It's 2.7 is the latest update going live all this week and so there's new trailers featuring the cloning lab and another trailer as i mentioned about winter soldier talking about his narrative all that you can see on marvel.com and of course marvel's avengers is available on playstation 4 playstation 5 xbox series x and s and game pass and xbox one you can stream it it's free to play i mean come on come on come on And Steam and Stadia, it's everywhere you want to be. And speaking of everywhere I want to be, let's talk about Marvel Snap, the Mm -hmm. obsession of obsessions. There's a new update, the Power Cosmic update. You can check out a video about it on the Marvel Snap YouTube channel, which you can go definitely check out and subscribe to. It's breaking down the game's next season, which is the Power Cosmic. And some highlights are there's a token shop and you can use the tokens in the token shop to acquire cards you don't have yet. And the token shop is going to rotate every eight hours. And because these cards rotate so often, you're like, to see a card you've been waiting for relatively quickly <laughs> lots of turnover which is really really cool um also good incentive to like go check it out all the time <laughs> and if you haven't had the tokens on hand that's no problem you can pin the card in the shop so it won't rotate and you can buy it when you have enough tokens so it, i love it that idea. will not get away from you i know i love that too that's so great because sometimes it's so frustrating when you're like oh my god it's the thing i want and i can't buy it <laughs> I I have a ton of cards. My collection level is like 2100 at this point, but mm-hmm. I don't have Patriot. And Patriot is something that I always get angry when someone plays it against me because he's got a very specific power that I like. And so I'm going to be keep my peepers peeped for Patriot. Oh, and also the, the team at Marvel Snap and Second Dinner, they are gifting everyone a bunch of tokens as a start. Once the update goes live, the first time you go to the token shop, you'll get a bunch of tokens. The amount of tokens you get depends on your collection levels, but everyone will get some tokens and be able to get themselves a new card. Love that. Mm-hmm. Also, Series 4 is launching with 10 new cards. So unlike earlier series, Series 4 cards can be found in the collector's reserve boxes where you have all the Series 3 cards and whatnot. And these cards are very rare. So they are 10 times more rare than the Series 3 cards. So if you're looking for something specific, you can always go target it in the token shop. Cards are 3,000 tokens. Series 3 are 
only 1,000 tokens. And then Series 5 launches with six new cards, including Thanos and Galactus. Those are the rarest cards in the game, and they can also be found in the collector's reserves, but they are 10 times rarer than the Series 4 cards. So <laughs> they're super duper rare. They're super rare. And when we release new cards or when the Season Pass cards are no longer available in their Season Pass, they're going to be temporarily added to Series 5. So we don't expect players to get every new Series 5 card immediately, since not everyone is going to be good or useful for every player, but you'll have to decide which of the cards are worth saving collector's tokens for. Cards are 6,000 tokens, so they are a spicy meatball. Oh, yeah. There's so much cool stuff in the game. Yeah, there's new locations coming, seasonal awards coming, and a ton of new cards. I was very excited because, Lorraine, you see there's a big She-Hulk card coming in. Oh, yeah. Titania, Luke Cage, Absorbing Man, Maria Hill, Agent Coulson, uh, the Helicarrier, M'Baku, Galactus, as we talked about, Atuma, Aura, Valkyrie, Bast, Shuri, Super Skrull, and, of course, Thanos, that's a load of new cards. They're all like variety of different costs. We don't know what their abilities are yet, but that's very exciting. Like Bast is one point and one power. So what they're going to do, I don't know. M'Baku is 1.2 power, but She-Hulk costs six, but she comes with 10 power. I'm very Which excited. amazing. <laughs> yeah, you better believe it. She's going to throw down. It's going to be very exciting. I love that. So much fun stuff over on Marvel Snap. Go download the game today if you haven't already and go play the heck out of it because we love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we hope you have all watched Marvel Studios, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special a bunch of times. And oh, yeah. if you loved it as much as we did and loved the music in it, you could check out the full track list at Marvel.com. Director and writer James Gunn enlisted his favorite band, the old 97s, to help him write a new Christmas song for the special. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. If you've seen the special, you've seen and heard the song. Honestly, it's so fun. <laughs> it's it reminds so me very much of, you know, for many years living in New York, I did live comedy and I would do musical improv. And it reminds me so much of a musical improv song because it just goes <laughs> off the freaking rails. Yep. Like It's That's so, so kooky and crazy and fun. And of course, you can't beat Kevin Bacon, who joins the band to sing one of their other songs at the end of the special. Here it is Christmas time, which <laughs> bless Kevin Bacon. So good. <laughs> so great. I love it. I love it. Can I tell you my Kevin Bacon story? Please. So when I was in college, I was in college in Philadelphia and I was walking with a couple of my friends from school and my friend Andrea, who is notoriously a very loud woman, we were all walking and we saw Kevin Bacon and I had the coolest moment where he and I kind of looked at each other and I was like, oh, I know him. And I was about to wave to him like, and we both kind of looked at each other like, oh, I know you. And then I realized he was like, oh, you recognize me. And then I was like, oh my God, you're Kevin Bacon. And it was such a cool moment and I wasn't gonna say anything. I was like, I just made like, cool eye contact with my new friend Kevin Bacon. We'll never speak of this moment, but I know it happened. And then my friend Andrea Nwoke screamed at the top of her lungs, <laughs> oh my god, it's Kevin Bacon! Like, so loud. And started screaming and freaking out. And like, and he was with his wife, Kira Sedgwick, and they just were like, taxi, and they got in a cab immediately and <laughs> drove away. So thank you to my friend Andrea from college for <laughs> ruining my Kevin bacon moment but it, it seemed really lovely before we terrified this poor sure. man just trying yeah. to shop 
I love it. That's so fabulous. Also, something that we love is that Shutterstock has launched new templates for the Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which has now arrived on Disney+. Shutterstock has a twist on some of their traditional holiday cards, so you got all the Guardians decked out in their December best. You can go to Shutterstock to discover more and use them to send out some Guardians-y holiday cheer. Take some photos at a WeHo club. And then put, put them yes. in your Shutterstock frame. That scene is just my favorite thing. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. was like, yes, everyone is hitting on Drax. Absolutely. We uh, love to yeah. see it. Of course. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know what WeHo is, it's West Hollywood, just in case. <laughs> and of course, go watch Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special only on Disney+. Plus. We just released a new episode of an animated series that I produce called Long Story Short, and it is all about Secret Invasion, which is one of my all-time favorite comic book series. It gives us a chance to make some silly jokes and do some fun little animations to retell the story in you know, like a, a five minute version. And when I first got the script in, it was, it was like, you need cows. The most important part of Secret Invasion <laughs> is that it all begins with Reed Richards turning scrolls into cows years and years ago. That's where it starts. Can I tell you, it's it cracks me up because I was just talking to somebody about this. And I was like, the thing that nobody talks about is like, yes, Secret Invasion, all this stuff. But like, if scrolls were not turned into cows, this would have never happened. Yeah. This whole story wouldn't exist, yeah, like, which is amazing. Queen Varenki brings it up multiple times in the actual <laughs> story. She's like, you shouldn't have turned us into cows. You took this to this place. And so we have cows in this video and they're really funny. It's great. I love Long Story Short. Go check it out on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube channel. Watch it 500 times. Share it with your friends. Also to enjoy, we have some festive holiday reading for you <laughs> with some <laughs> wonderful new comics. There's a new solo series for Hellcat, who I love. Mm -hmm. It's a five-issue series written by Christopher Cantwell, who's crushing the game these days, as well as art by Alex Linz, who you might know from New Mutants or Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. Of course, Cantwell's Iron Man run set up hellcat patsy walker on a very exciting new kitty cat kind of path and in this series patsy's back on the west coast she's living in a haunted house haunted by the ghost of her mother which is actually kind of a messed up because her mom was like mm -hmm. not a good lady not a good person very much a, a showbiz mom in the worst way but when someone close to patsy's inner circle gets murdered hellcat is going to become the prime suspect bum 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 now patsy must prove her innocence and she has to evade both the police and the supernatural threat of the sleepwalkers and to add to the perils she faces uh, of course her demonic ex Damon Hellstrom shows up and that's just like not a good thing so anyways Hellcat is going to be put through the paces it sounds like we're getting some murder some mystery some spookiness I think this is going to be such a fun series and Christopher Cantwell is writing it so it's going to be great that series Hellcat number one arrives in March put it on your pull list babies if anybody wants a really great Christopher Cantwell story, next week there's a book coming out called Thanos Death Notes, which is a mm. it's got like four different stories about Thanos in different time periods. But Christopher Cantwell writes a story about Iron Man talking to a Thanos robot, and it is 
<laughs> it's incredible. It's twisted. It's dark. And it harkens back to one of my favorite comics of all time, Silver Surfer number 55. Like, it's so good. It's so good, this Thanos issue that is coming out next week. Anyway, again, coming out in March, like you were just talking about with Hellcat, is Hollow's Eve number one, which is a really cool one. It spins out of Amazing Spider-Man. It spins out of Dark Web. Hollow's Eve is a character who just debuted in Amazing Spider-Man number 14. I think we talked about that a little bit. It's mm-hmm. She looks really issue. cool. So cool. She's She's got this amazing look designed by Ed McGuinness. And the first story, Amazing Spider-Man number 14, is set in different time periods across different seasons and just her transformation into Hollow's Eve is rad. So now she's getting her own series of five issues written by Erica Schultz, who also Erica is doing the upcoming X-23 series, which is very exciting. Art and cover by Michael Dowling. And Michael's done some really great work on Black Cat and Amazing Spider-Man and some other projects. So killer creative team. The synopsis here is that Janine Godby's world has been blowed up several times in her life, but... This time, she has a bag of super-powered masks and a chip on her shoulder. She's on the run from the police, but there's someone else after her, too. She's got these masks and, like, her powers, her whole vibe, it's freaking great. I love Hollow's Eve so much. And, of course, check that out. Also coming in March. Put it on your poll list. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking for something a little sooner, we have some gift guides for you. You know, we have been posting a lot of great holiday gift guides all week on Marvel.com. Of course, Last week's episode had a ton of stuff that we are into for our gift guides, for our personal stuff that we like and we think that you folks would like if you listen to this show. And if you want to go check out all of those different gift guides, go to marvel.com slash holidays 2022. That is going to take you to all of the gift guides your heart could ever want, including our gift guide. Definitely go check that out. Listen to last week's episode if you want some good recs for presents for you or someone you love. Lots of good stuff to be had. Some of those gift guides that they've been putting up, like Spider-Man specific gifts, toys for kids. And there's like books for grownups, books for younger readers. There's all kinds of stuff. So stay tuned to that, as Lorraine said. All right. While you are checking that out, maybe you want to listen to the Women of Marvel podcast. Of course, it's one of our sister shows hosted by our friends Angelique Roche, Ellie Pyle, and Judy Stevens. And it's all about the power of mentorship this season. And this week's episode is all about Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. Probably maybe the most well-known mentorship relationship in Marvel these days. And so the women of Marvel talk to writers Kelly Thompson, Samira Ahmed, and of course, our good pal, Sana Amanath. And you can check out new episodes every Thursday. Listen on the SiriusXM app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely go and listen to the Women of Marvel podcast. It rocks. Also, what rocks is Marvel's Polis, Ryan's other podcast without me, where he's like, I have other friends. And I'm like, no, you don't. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, what's uh, going on in the Polis? Uh, over on Marvel's Polis, we talk about all the new comics out. We give our picks. Our picks this week are Avengers Assemble Alpha, number one, Exterminators, number three, and Captain America, Symbol of Truth, number seven. Exterminators is the most outrageous book. Lorraine, if you haven't been reading Exterminators, it is so up your alley. It is bananas. It is about Jubilee, Dazzler, Wolverine Laura, and Boom Boom, who get like kind of captured and they're just Yeah, the tagline for this one is vampires, violence, and vengeance. I'm in. (laughs) And it's them just making fun of each other for like 
every issue is written by leah williams gorgeous art by carlos gomez it's got vampires it is so fun it is absolutely one of the most fun books we're putting out right now it's so great and on our reading club where we dig into a classic marvel story with a current marvel creator or someone who's associated with marvel we have on current thunderbolts artist sean isaacs as our guest to talk about the classic 90s thunderbolts series specifically issues 20 through 22 with hawkeye kind of ties into the current run of thunderbolts it's a lot of fun and of course you can listen to new episodes of Marvel's Pull List every Tuesday on SiriusXM, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That was a whole lot of news, but now it's time for the midnight sun to descend upon the earth and it face eternal night. I don't know. I'm delirious. Yeah, it's great. No, it's it's perfect. It makes a ton of sense. We are going to talk, as we mentioned, to Jake Solomon, who is the creative director for Marvel's Midnight Suns, the brand new game. He's a big, all wonderful nerd. And... Look, one of our favorite characters and should be one of y'all's favorite characters is Ilyana Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic. And she has a big role in Marvel's Midnight Suns. And we get to talk about that. And we have to thank Jake for making sure she is in the game and has such a great role in it. So it's a lot of fun. We talk about how they picked the entire team of the roster in the game. We talk about the gameplay. We give some fun Easter eggs to look out for, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. We don't get too deep into spoiler stuff, but it's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. If you are on the fence, I think this might help get you over the hump because the vibes for it are good. People playing it have been really excited about it. And Jake's infectious enthusiasm and love for the material is so evident. So it's it's really, really cool. And don't forget, above all, we talk about friendship. That's right. Lorraine, I hope you are ready to embrace the powers of friendship and demons as we talk <laughs> about Marvel's Midnight Suns with the game's creative director, Jake Solomon. Hello, Jake. Hello, friendship and demons. That's the best description of this game I've ever heard. Yes, that's that's it. Yeah. Honestly, it was the the friendship part when you guys started putting it out on the live streams and getting that parts of it. Like these are some of the things that you'll do in the game. And Lorraine can attest to this. I started yelling about how if I am not best friends with magic <laughs> by the true. time I roll credits on this game, I'm going to flip a damn table because okay. that's what so I Okay, so you're do. a fellow magic. Uh, yeah, I I've been reading New Mutants for almost four decades now. So yes, Magic is in the game because of my my deep and abiding uh, love and respect for her. So yes, this whole game is a secret love letter to Magic from me. So Hell yeah. Well, since you mentioned it, let's talk about your Marvel origin story. Because it sounds like you haven't been working on this game for quite as long as you've been loving Magic. <laughs> How were you introduced to the world and the characters? No, I. so I have been reading Marvel comics for almost four decades. So when we first talked with Marvel, it was really hard for me not to like jump out of my skin. I'm a very hardcore X-Men guy. So Chris Claremont, X-Men is my X-Men, right? Like I grew up reading Claremont, New Mutants, obviously also Chris Claremont. So that's where I started. And for that very reason, people will notice when they go to the Abbey, which is the superhero base in Midnight Suns, there is a pool that the heroes can relax next to. And that is all because of the X-Men. I, I fought very hard because I was like, look, in my mind, superheroes have a pool they can relax by. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the chops here with your Marvel level. I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But from a video game standpoint, how did you first get into you know falling in love with video games? What are your favorite early memories of games? Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up, I am a child of the 80s. So I remember my dad brought home like an old 8088, like this is an IBM PC. And now I 
now I realize I'm just talking gibberish to most people listening to this. <laughs> but when I was a kid, my dad brought home this computer and we played all these little games on it. And it was it was transformative. I think that my brothers and I, we just played these games. And I didn't know at that time, like we wasted so much time. Not wasted, because unlike my brothers, I actually made a career out of it. I think my brothers wasted time. But <laughs> I spent so much time playing video games in the early days. Ultima and... And then, of course, moved on to consoles, Nintendo, and Sega. I even had a Sega CD, so I was I was hardcore back then. Don't make me get up and go to my closet to pull out my Sega Genesis Sega CD 32X monstrosity that requires three I giant AC power bricks. It weighs a total of like 25 pounds. I love it so much. I had it, and I will tell you, one of my most shameful video game stories was that we went when we first got to Sega CD, my little brother and I, we went to oh, Babbage's or some place that sold video games back then. And we were arguing over what video game to get. And he really wanted to get, there was a Sonic CD. And I said, look, there's a Marky Mark make your own video uh, <laughs> video game. And I forced him because I was the older brother to get that video game. It's it's maybe the worst. It still comes up. We're both in our 40s, and that comes up at Thanksgiving every year. It is truly the worst thing I've ever done to anyone. So, Well, I'm strangely glad that the Marky Mark didn't work out, that yeah. the video games did. Yeah. Because now we get Marvel's Midnight Suns, which we're all chomping at the bit to play and to get into. For anyone who isn't familiar yet with the game, what is it? What's it about? What's so, the deal? Marvel's Midnight Suns, it is a tactics RPG set in the Marvel Universe. And so, you know, my team and I, we've been making tactics games for a while. So we made the XCOM games. And then when we partnered up with Marvel, which was a dream come true for all of us here, we knew that we had to do more than just the combat fantasy. So if, if you love Marvel, I mean, speaking of already, we've talked about it. Like if you love Marvel, there is the fantasy of seeing these heroes in combat, which is very cool, which a lot of games have done well. And, and we hope we do in a new way. But there's also an equally strong fantasy, which is seeing the heroes outside of combat, especially when you talk about the X-Men, like the relationships. All the things they're going through, their relationships which are going well, relationships which are not going well, Putting the player, so we created a, a brand new hero in the Marvel Universe with Marvel called the Hunter because we wanted to put the player at the center of this and allow them to form relationships with the heroes that they've grown up loving. So we really wanted to fulfill that second fantasy uh, of Marvel that I think we all grew up having. Tell us a little bit about what it means to be a creative director for this game, for games in general, because we talk to a lot of folks across various types of media for the show, and it's always cool for our fans to, to get an insight into maybe something they don't know so much about. Yeah, it's a great question, because even at studios to studio, a creative director can mean different things. And so what it means here is that I help steer the narrative direction, so I get to completely nerd out about my favorite characters of all time, the Marvel characters, and steer what the story is and what each character's arc is. And then I also help with the art direction. Our art team is amazing, by far more talented than I, but I just try to help with, you know, an overall sense of what the characters look like, what's true to them. And then I also, um, I am a designer, so I come from a design background. So I'm a very, very, I work on actual designs of characters, and I spend a lot of my time working on the actual design as well. 
I have to say artists are magic. They are. Not in the way Ileana Rasputin is, but in their <laughs> own distinct way because they just create worlds right before your eyes. And it's so incredible. And, you know, you've been with this game since the beginning. You know, you said that when Marvel approached you folks or, or however that happened, that you guys started working together. How did you decide on this game in this creepier corner of the Marvel Universe, which I'm super jazzed about? If you don't know, I do watch a horror movie every day of October. This is game is for me. I'm so jazzed about it. Oh, man, that's a lot to live up to. All right. That, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're probably at the point where nothing shakes you. You know, you're like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, Marvel actually approached us because they're fans of the game we worked on before called XCOM. Marvel is, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this, but like I've said this a number of times, it is amazing like how wonderful of a partner they have been because what they said was once they understood that I and my narrative director, like that we were very, very hardcore Marvel, they were like, well, why don't you tell us what story you want to tell? And that was really overwhelming, I think. I mean... As you guys can imagine, you start flipping through the Rolodex of all the great Marvel stories. It's the, you know, it's the house of ideas. And so my narrative director and I, we were sitting around tossing out all these ideas. And we went back to our favorite comic book events from when we were kids. And so late 80s, early 90s. And that was the age of the anti-hero, right? So early 90s, it was all about Wolverine and Punisher and Ghost Rider and Venom had just appeared. It was just so cool. So we were talking about the Ghost Rider comics that we both loved, and we just kept running up against this event, this comic book event called The Rise of the Midnight Suns. We just kept talking about the characters and how crazy the story was, and do you remember when this happened? And we realized, we were like, this is the story we want to tell. And so we came back to the Marvel Games team, and we were like, we want to tell the story of the Midnight Suns. And the reaction was like, on one hand, they were like, you do? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And then they were like, that's great. Uh, they call it dusting off the toys. We're like, that's wonderful. Like nobody's talking about Midnight Suns. It's a great story. And so we wanted to find our corner of the Marvel Universe, tell our own story. And we realized like we loved this event. Both my narrative director and I like it stuck with us. We could recall panels before we even went back to read it. It was one of those events where you could recall specific panels in your mind. You're like, do you remember when this happened? We're like, that was so amazing. So yeah, it was it was easy for us to find that story. And, you know, credit to Marvel Games. They were like, that's great. It's a little under the radar and that's good. You know, we'll <laughs> we won't be running into anybody else, that's for sure. So <laughs> I love that. I I've thought about that run a lot. You have both Andy and Adam Kubert on art doing some really cool stuff there, some really amazing covers, and then you're tossing in characters you don't necessarily think will mesh together. And then they really do come together. It's really interesting stuff. And I think that that means a lot. It, like it all really clicks as you start to talk about it. Obviously, you're looking at that as some reference. But are you as you're building your team and getting everybody on board and saying, hey, here's here's the some of the core things that we're thinking about. What other references, other stories, other books are you throwing at everyone and being like, read this freaking comic. It's going to well, blow your mind. <laughs> yes. And look. Ryan, you'd understand, like, I definitely don't send people who maybe are as not as into comics or up on comics as I am. I don't send them at the Midnight Suns run first. I'm like, whoa, you got to you got to build up to that because the story is wild. And that's why I love it. So actually, Fear Itself is probably just as big of an influence for us. So the Fear Itself comic event has a huge influence on a lot of the ideas that we do within the game. So 
we have a number of enemies. So we have taken Lilith, the mother of demons. She's the villain of the Midnight Suns comic run. And we have given her the ability to corrupt people and make them serve her with a single touch. And that really comes out of the Fear Itself comic where some heroes, some villains, you know, they were also corrupted and they became a sort of like super villain team. Even the Hulk, like the Hulk becomes corrupted in, in Fear Itself. And so that was a huge, and at the end of Fear Itself, you know, Tony makes all these really cool suits for all the heroes. And so that also factors in, in Midnight Suns towards the end, Tony and Doctor Strange together make uh, suits to unify the Midnight Suns team. So I would be like, go read Fear Itself, because that is a somewhat supernatural story that has a lot of influence on what we're doing narratively, but also gameplay wise as well. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the gameplay. What can you tell us about the overall style of the gameplay and what kinds of things people are going to encounter as they start to play? So there's there's two sides of the gameplay. One is tactical combat, which we are kind of known for. And the idea is that people can view this as it's turn-based, so you get to take your time. And every turn, the player is presented with this puzzle. And the way the player solves this puzzle is through using hero abilities. And these hero abilities are dealt to you every turn as this hand of cards. And so let's say you take three heroes. Let's say you take Nico, Minoru, you take Blade, and you take Spider-Man. They all come into combat with a few of their abilities. And then every turn, we deal some of those abilities to you randomly as cards. And so you, it's a puzzle where you're like, okay, I got this Spidey ability. I got this Nico ability. How am I going to put these together? to survive, to take out the bad guys. So that's the tactical combat side of things. And you'll be facing off against famous Marvel villains in combat. You'll be facing off against Hydra. You'll be facing off against Lilith's army of demons called the Lilin. And then outside of combat, this is the thing that we're really excited about is that you also get to live with the heroes. And it, it's just, I mean, obviously I've, you know, I'm a huge comics nerd, which we've already talked about. But for me, that's always been my dream is like, what if we were all rooming together? You know, it's like uh, <laughs> the dream is to to live in the expansion, right? The dream is to live alongside these heroes. And and also from across the Marvel Universe, you've, you've got, what is it like if, if Blade is talking to Wolverine? What is it like when Tony Stark has to deal with Nico? Like you don't see that very often. That's like the joy of comic book events is when they throw these characters together. So you get to live through that. And as the hunter, this brand new character, you kind of have to sit there and, and sort of sit in the middle of these things and sort of arbitrate some of the discussions that these famous heroes have. And it's you form friendships. Part of the game is, is you choosing which heroes you want to develop relationships with on your own. It's this fantasy of, of living with them and then fighting alongside them as well. Yeah, I, I think of Uncanny X-Men 297, which is the issue after Executioner's Song. And it's this yeah. big X-Men crossover where there's been chaos and revelations and, and characters died in love. And then the next issue is just like three quiet stories about the repercussions. Dealing with, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. dealing with everything. And we get that a lot in X-Men comics. We get it a little bit more in Avengers comics now. We didn't get it a lot all the time, but I'm very excited by the idea of having, you know, you're going through all these battles with these heroes and you're forming these bonds, but then you get those moments that we don't often see, especially when we are crossing over into various families of characters and, and they come from different backgrounds, but they don't necessarily always come together. So that to me is one of like the coolest parts of this, getting to explore those conversations and those relationships. You're exactly right. Like that was always our, our dream. And part of that dream too, is if you love Marvel is 
the opportunity to elevate characters. So, you know, obviously there's nobody here that you guys don't know, but it's really fun to say, hey, Nico doesn't have as high a profile as, you know, Carol Danvers, but we get the opportunity to say like, hey, maybe people will meet Nico through our game. And that is such an honor, right? To have people say like, oh yeah, I know Doctor Strange, right? I know Spider-Man. But if they develop a relationship with Nico, who like Runaways, again, one of my favorite books of all time, like Brian K. Vaughn, mm-hmm. one of the greatest. And so we tried to make sure we keep the spirit of her true to her. But it's like now we get to put her and have her have an argument with the great Tony Stark. Just being able to have those moments, I think, either as a creator or as a player, has just been so much fun. It's been so much fun. Yeah. A thing that Lorraine and I talk about a lot, and we talk about it a lot at Marvel, is everything we do is someone's first exposure to a character, to Marvel, to, you know, like there is going to be a kid who, like you say, maybe sees Nico for the first time, but this may be someone's first like experience with Marvel. We're going to break those barriers. So this could be that barrier breaking exposure for a lot of people. That's so surreal. I mean, to somebody like me and, and a lot of people on our team, that is so surreal because it's so baked into who I am. And so for me, it's like the ink and the panels, like it's like those were my first experiences with Marvel. And so to think that somebody would say, oh, magic is incredible. And I'm like, magic being so personally important to me, it's like that is so rewarding to think like, yeah, magic you think as a reader of comics, you're like, magic is as awesome as any character. Like, that's the problem with Marvel. My hardest problem with Marvel was like, you have to boil this roster down to 12 heroes. And I was like, that's impossible. I boiled it down to like 25. And then production was like, you're insane. You need to cut that <laughs> list down. And so, yeah, the hardest thing is saying like, I knew when I took people off their roster, I was like, ah, we can't tell their story. We can't tell their story. I can't have these moments where it's like, oh, this conflict would be great. This friendship would be great. So yeah, it's so fun from a creative side and also just knowing that players get to maybe meet these characters. And it's such a cool thing because, you know, obviously you're introducing the world to these characters in its own exciting way, but also we're going to get to meet the hunter and they're going to be their own thing. And can you tell us a little bit about the playability of the character and, and who the hunter is? Yeah. And this was an idea, in games at least, a lot of ideas don't stick from the beginning, right? You think to yourself, the game's going to be this. And then when you ship the game, you're like, whoa, that's not at all what we thought it was going to be. But the idea of the hunter was from the beginning. And I think that was the personal fantasy of allowing players to put themselves at the center of the story because developing relationships with the heroes was really important. And so the hunter was always there from the beginning. And and then we thought, well, you should be able to make the hunter look how you want. You should be able to make them play how you want in combat. And it was a really cool thing when we talked to the, the Marvel team, you know, I said, this is what I want to do for this game. And they said, to their credit, the reaction, the first reaction was, that sounds awesome. And their second reaction was like, that's going to be very difficult. And I said, okay. They said, you can do it. They said, but you got to go on the journey with us because to be a Marvel hero, it means narratively, like Marvel heroes come to their powers in a certain way. They make choices to be good or Marvel villains make choices to be bad. They need to look a certain way, like even down to the color blocking of their suit. Why does it look this way? Does it tell the story of who the character is? And so to think that you're going to put this character and you're going to stand them next to other heroes, 
you know, Marvel Comics heroes, they've withstood this crucible of decades of like their stories get better and better. And, they, and, and so you're going to put this brand new hero next to them and it offers something very exciting. The player gets to be that person. That's a really fun fantasy, but you have to make it believable that, you know, Tony would turn to this, this new hero and say, okay, Hunter, tell me what we should do. And so that's a really, it was a really big challenge. And so it was something that we, in a positive way, like we just worked on it and worked on it. How do they sound when they talk? What do they look like? What are their abilities? What's their backstory? So yeah, it was a really long process to kind of bring the Hunter to life. But again, one of those things that you just pinch yourself about like, oh, cool. We were able to make a, a customizable hero in the Marvel Universe. That's really fun. It's awesome. You mentioned there's 12 characters. We've talked about some of them. Can you just let us know who are the, the playable characters or the people on your Midnight Sun squad? Yes. So we have on the Avengers side of the universe, we have Tony Stark. We have Steve Rogers, Captain America. We have Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. On the supernatural, the well-known supernatural heroes, we have Wanda, Scarlet Witch. We have Doctor Strange. From the mutant side of the equation, we have Wolverine, Logan, and we have Magic, my personal favorite. And then we get to elevate some characters. It is funny to me that people wouldn't know Blade. You know, sometimes people said like, oh, Blade, that's a, you know, and I'm like, Blade is not a deep cut, man. All right, like, I don't want to hear it. But uh, Blade, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, which is really, really fun. Johnny Blaze, the original, makes an appearance in the story. He has a very big role in our story. And then Nico Minoru. Oh my gosh, I just <laughs> I forgot Peter. <laughs> I think I forgot. I think I forgot a deep cut Spider-Man. All right, I'm gonna go with, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of he has a few issues, but a couple uh, issues. Yeah. We have just announced that the Hulk is the 12th and final playable character. But the journey to bring Bruce back to the light side is one the player goes on over the course of the game. So that'll be exciting for players to, to experience. Okay. So I know that you have a bias for magic, but... I do. Have I made that clear yet? Because, <laughs> uh, yes. But who is, one, the best person to be friends with so far in the game by your perspective? And two, how do you build a friendship in game, do you have to like ask them to have coffee? Do you have to set up Zoom dates? What what is it Basically, in this day? <laughs> yeah, COVID never happened in the Midnight Suns universe, so Zoom is not a thing. The uh, thank goodness. Yes. So the way that friendship works is that you can gain friendship in a lot of ways. You can just go on missions with these heroes. That gives a little bit of friendship. You can spar with them throughout the day. You can compliment heroes we have some things as trivial as like hey you earn some compliments some days and you could just walk up to the heroes and say hey and so you can compliment the heroes most importantly what you can do is hang out with them so after combat missions some nights when you come back from a combat mission everybody's hanging out in what we call the common room it's the central area and some of the heroes are going to be sitting there playing video games some of the younger heroes some of them are going to be sitting there reading books somebody be sitting there at the bar and you can choose which heroes you want to hang out with that night. And then, based on the hero's personality, you have to choose what you do with that hero. So Blade, who is actually a pretty zen warrior, he would be fine with playing video games. He would really like to meditate, right? He's a very thoughtful zen warrior. He's fine with, like, lifting weights, for example. But if you talk to Doctor Strange, you're like, I want to hang out with Doctor Strange. 
and you were like, let's play video games, he would not enjoy that quite as much, right? So you have to think about the character <laughs> you're asking to hang out with. And then when you do hang out with them, you have a conversation. And these are all new conversations every time you hang out with. And then you have an opportunity to choose the right dialogue response to think based on that character's personality, like, you know, so you can earn friendship from the way you talk to them. So hanging out is a really big part of the game. And it, it is lighthearted. And part of that comes from we talk about our narrative, not at all in a pejorative way. We talk about Saturday morning cartoon. So, and there is a, there's a pretty famous Saturday morning Marvel cartoon that has offered a lot of inspiration for us. And so the idea is that the characters are very earnest, right? They're not in on a joke. It's not a joke, right? They're very earnest. They believe in what they're doing. But at the same time, you have moments of levity. The darker the story, the more jokes you want to add so that people have a good time. And so, yeah, we do have things where... You can ask Logan to go painting, you know, like we should go out in the woods and, and paint together, you know? And, and so <laughs> you can do that. And it's the kind of thing where the Marvel team was like, really? And I was like, he's not going to like it. All right. That's not what Logan wants to do. Now, you know, Steve Rogers, Captain America would love to go painting with you. He's a quite a good artist. So there's some deep cuts there. You can even give the heroes gifts. We have a gift shop and you can buy gifts for the heroes and they're very theme to the right hero. So the friendship stuff is actually a big part of the game and it's meant to be a little more lighthearted and allow you to have conversations with the heroes, learn more about them. And as, as you level up your friendship with them, you start having deeper and deeper conversations with the heroes about your sort of shared stories. I can't wait. Can you compliment Magic on her amazing Dark Child t-shirt? Because the first time I saw that, I was like, <laughs> that is the greatest little thing in any of our media that I absolutely love adore and need to own we had a lot of fun with that like the heroes they dress in casual clothes that, that was really important for us like it's actually a huge content cost to say like okay yeah sure they wear their combat their tactical outfits in, in combat and there are multiple tactical outfits for every hero but then it was very important to us, like when they're in the Abbey, like they need to be wearing casual clothes. Now, Doctor Strange isn't as casual as some others, but it's very important to the fantasy of like they would dress casually. And so they all have seven casual outfits you can unlock. And so we had to sit there and go, all right, what would the casual outfits for all these heroes be? And it's pretty good up to like three. And then you're like, oh, boy, we got four more to go on this. But yeah, so the Dark Child, like sweetest death metal, like uh, inscription shirt. I love that one, right? I love it. I, I wanted a copy of that. So yeah, that has been a lot of fun. If Wolverine doesn't have a Canadian tuxedo, then I mean, <laughs> come on, come on. I have to say that I've also heard that you can pet a dog while you're at the Abbey. Is this true? You absolutely can pet a dog. So you have, the hunter has their own dog, Charlie. So Charlie is a new creation, narratively. Charlie is like a, a hellhound too. So the hunter's story is that we've kind of changed the story of Caretaker, who was a character in the original Midnight Suns run. And we have changed the story of Lilith, who is the villain. So in our story, Caretaker and Lilith are actually sisters. And Lilith is actually the mother of the hunter, the, the biological mother of the hunter. And so they all have a history dating back to the hunter was born in like the late 1600s in Salem, Massachusetts, when Lilith was still good, when Caretaker and Lilith still had a good relationship. And then things went sour. And we actually have a, I should tell people, there is a prequel short and it is on Marvel's YouTube channel that is this animated prequel short that people can watch that actually shows some of the history of 
Lilith and caretaker and the hunter. But yeah, so we wanted to humanize the hunter. And again, when we talk about the casual side of the Abbey, we, we thought you should have a pet there who has been waiting for you for 300 years while you've been in a tomb. Charlie has been sleeping at the foot of your bed waiting for you to, to come back. So you can pet the dog. Also, for people who are real hardcore Marvel fans, there is a cat that roams the Abbey named Ebony. And you can pet Ebony, but like a true cat, you are not going to find Ebony unless you really, really look hard. You know, <laughs> Ebony doesn't want to be found. And so you have to find Ebony to pet him. So Amazing. I'm glad you brought up the prequel shorts because we wanted to, to talk about those. There's several of them over on, on YouTube and Marvel and the Midnight Suns channels. Tell us a little bit about those and, and your involvement in them. So it was really, really exciting to think of every game we have kind of our own universe so people who who are familiar with with marvel know that things take place in different universes and so for us we have the opportunity to say well in our universe we want to make sure the characters are still who they are like robbie reyes has to be robbie reyes right like he has to have the same general backstory you know who robbie is is he's younger he's dealing with being a ghostwriter he's got his brother gabe those are core parts of who he is but in our universe, he joined a team called the Midnight Suns, led by somebody named Caretaker. And so the opportunity, like in our heads, we have all this backstory. And so we had the opportunity to say, well, you know, we could actually tell some of this backstory. Um, it's like a fun primer to people coming to the game. And so we got to work with a couple of really great animation houses. One of our writers, Zach Bush, he wrote the scripts for these things. And it was really fun to share with people backstory on these characters that we love so much and and we're we also tried to elevate the characters again like magic and robbie and and the story of the hunter and how they came to be and their story with lilith and caretaker so yeah that was a really really exciting thing to do it's so cool to get to see into you know that backstory and and to get a little flavor of what's to come and we have to ask are there any moves, any strategies, any hints, any sweet, sweet juice that you can share with the This Week in Marvel fans of places they should look and explore? Where is Ebony? You know, any of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. would love to know. Yes. I think that exploring the grounds of the Abbey. So you're not just hanging out at the Abbey with all the heroes as friends. There's also these grounds outside the Abbey, really extensive grounds that you can explore and, and you can do it at any time. And so I think that Making your way out there, I think, will offer a lot of narrative rewards. You'll learn more about the hunter. You'll learn more about Lilith. You'll learn more about Caretaker. But you'll also earn a lot of gameplay rewards as well. So I'd say to people, and I can say this now, like um, uh, we've also shared with people that Agatha Harkness is also a part of the game. And she guides the hunter as they explore the grounds of the Abbey. And so that's a really cool story. Well, Agatha has a very, very touching and, and cool story as a part of our game as well. So I would really recommend that people take the time to sort of interact with Agatha, follow her sort of hints and explore the grounds of the Abbey. What a glow up Agatha's had in the last couple of years. Like I, I know remember- she, she used to look like the grandma cookie lady. <laughs> they killed her. Yeah. In our game, we actually have ghost Agatha, right? So if you look at a statue, again, this is kind of deep cut stuff here, but there's a statue to Agatha on the grounds of the Abbey. And if you look at that, it's Agatha standing there and she's holding Ebony and she has her hand on her. And that is the first panel that Agatha appears in the Fantastic Four comics. I was like, we're going to have a statue of Agatha. I was like, I want it to look just like this. This is Agatha's first panel. And 
I've always loved her. She is a wild story in the comics. I mean, everybody does, right? Everybody does. <laughs> yeah. But her story and her, her son, Nick Scratch, I mean, she's got a absolutely wild story. But we did pull some of that in. Her story with Wanda is a big part of our story as well. It's great. Obviously, the game's just coming out. We're, we're excited. But can you tell us a little bit about the post-release plans, updates, things that we know are coming into 2023? So sometime next year, we have a season of DLC, and we are adding four characters to the roster of the Midnight Suns, which we've just recently announced. Kind of our channel was taken over by the Merc with a Mouth, Deadpool. So Deadpool is going to join the Midnight Suns. He's the first character to join the Midnight Suns, and he is... I love Deadpool. He's kind of a riot. And so Deadpool joins, and you can only imagine him being part of a supernatural story. Is It was a ton of fun to do that. We also have Venom. So Venom is a villain in the base game, but he will be joining the team in the DLC. And then we also have Morbius, who rightfully belongs there because Morbius is one of the um, original Midnight Suns. When we talk about the original Midnight Suns, it was, you know, Doctor Strange and Blade and Johnny Blaze and Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider, but Ghost Rider and Morbius. Um, and then, of course, also one of my, again, as I talked about, I am a Claremont X-Men guy. So for me, Storm, who's, in my opinion, the best leader of the X-Men, she is also in the DLC. So I'm, I'm really, really excited to have players play with, with them as part of Midnight Suns as well. Oh, there's so much good stuff to come. And now fans are going to be starting to crack open the game. What are you most excited for them to experience it now that it's being released out into the wild? I mean, it's surreal, right? When a game takes this long to um, come to fruition, it's kind of surreal. I'm excited for, there was a feature. It's not a serious feature. Uh, it's called a comic book creator. So after you beat a mission, the game assembles a new comic book cover and it takes the heroes that were on the mission and it poses them in some cool action pose. And I wrote a bunch of stingers for the title because I was I love the like stinger text for like the golden age of comics. So it'll say like, you know, it'll actually construct a comic book cover and put the heroes in a pose, but the player can go in and do whatever they want. They can add villains to that. They can add speech bubbles. They can change all the graphics on the comic book cover. They can pose the heroes. They can change their expressions. So I am, man, when you give players that, Sometimes you're like, oh, oh no. But really, <laughs> like what really rises to the top, especially in a community like Marvel, like when it's it's all based on like love for characters, like people are going to make some really, really cool stuff. And I, I that's probably the thing I'm most excited for, seeing people's comic book covers. Love it. Before we let you go, obviously, maybe you've been a little busy over the last, you know, couple of months. Are you able to keep up with your reading? Have you been reading anything? Yes. So I bounce between modern and classic. That's what I've always done, right? And then if there's like a run where I'm like, I can't believe I haven't read this. And I've really enjoyed reading like the starts of heroes. Like I'll find, okay, what's the first appearance of this hero? Like I, I want to go back and I'll read like the 20, 30 issues, right? And it's really remarkable, by the way. People should, if they're fans of Marvel, get unlimited. Go read the first 10 issues of most of your favorite heroes and it will shock you how much of that holds to the present day. That, that, they define those characters so well for the most part that you're like, oh yeah, that's who they are, right? Like, it is truly amazing what, what they did. Modern stuff I've been reading. <laughs> so Zeb Wells' Hellions run was like one of the funniest, like I remember Orphan Maker, and like I remember Nanny and Orphan Maker. And so Zeb Wells' 
Hellion's run was just, I mean, for me, it was perfect because I like the funny stuff. I like the weird team ups. And of course, I'm a mutants guy, right? So, and so it was funny because I was like, man, I got to work with this Zeb Wells guy. And then I was like, oh, wait, who's doing Amazing Spider-Man? I was like, okay. I was like, all right, I missed the boat <laughs> on that one. He's probably going to be making shows and movies before the years. Oh, out, you so. have no idea. Yeah. And it was funny because I was reading, I was catching up and I was reading Helen's and I was like, this is like, I love that version of Sinister. I was like, this is who he should have been. He's not to me, not generic. Like when he first appeared generic, like behind the scenes, I was like, I love this like catty, like really funny version of Sinister. I, was, I loved it. I loved the treatment of Psylocke. I love all these retreatment of, again, I'm biased. I'm a very like 80s, 90s X-Men guy. But I was to take these characters, put them together again. And he treated it so funny. And then it ended so poignantly. This is so good. So I remember being like, hey, who, uh, who's this Zeb Wells fellow? I got to work with him. And they're like, yeah, okay. Get in line, buddy. He's, he's going to be busy. Yeah. Do, do you have any? It. So if you know, Ryan, if you know that I love the Hellions, like what else should I be reading? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, all the X stuff I think right now is really firing oh, on it is a lot of great so cylinders. It is so good. It is so good to be back in that like, man, it is the X-Men just, ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah, Immortal X-Men, I think right now, if you haven't been reading that, I that haven't. is, okay. Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red are the books I'm just like, God damn it. These are so good. And proper okay. X, like, honestly, I can't proper help X-Men it. Proper X-Men too. Yeah, Jerry proper Duggan X-Men. is so fun. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Regular and Jerry Duggan doing that stuff. And then what Ben Percy is doing with mm. Beast over the last couple of oh, years yeah. in Wolverine and X-Force. Uh, I should say the other thing I read, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just nerding out here, but, and this came from the Marvel team. I was expressing my love for Century, the original book Century, not the character, but like the first book of Century. I was like, this is so, it just like turned me on my head when I read that. And they were like, you should read Miracle Man. And I was like, I should read what now? And they were like, if you love Sentry, you better go back to Miracle Man. And when I read that, I was like, oh, this is what it's, I was like, that was amazing. It was so cool. And so Neil Gaiman's doing a new one. Is that right? Yep. There were about two or three issues into it. Mark Buckingham completely redrawing comics he drew 30 years ago to oh. update his style. Uh, Legends on the top of their game still producing That's incredible amazing. work. Well, come and talk with us about comics and video games any old time. <laughs> As you can tell, I'd be happy to. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. And of course, everyone, go play Marvel's Midnight Suns. Please. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right, folks, Marvel's Midnight Suns, this all-new tactical RPG from 2K and Fraxis Games, is now available for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and X. Go buy it if you haven't already. It's out today. Go play it right ding dang now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we are a couple of weeks removed from the release of Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so... We are going to get into some spoiler talk in the future because it's time for our question of the week. Next week, we're going to give you all some behind-the-scenes interviews for Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which might be a little spoilery. And with that in mind, we want to know, what was your favorite part of Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Let us know. Of course, we are going to get into spoiler territory when we get into that next week. So 
Go see the movie a couple more times. Please, please, please. You can tweet your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. Of course, of course, of course, please make sure to tell us it is okay to read on the show so we can read your message on the show. Yeah, my favorite part of the film, uh, no spoilers here, was when I cried the whole time. <laughs> Um, that was my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part was Namor. All the Namor, all the time, with him fluttering those little <gasps> wings around, just being super charming and then scary and just the best. All right, moving on to some community. The question of the week last week was, which Midnight Suns member do you want the hunter, aka your player character, as we were just talking about, to forge a friendship with in Marvel's Midnight Suns, the video game? I'm so excited for this. This is like my favorite thing about the game so far is just that you can like build relationships and pet a dog. So smart. So good. First up is Gajan Kulasingham at Gogo Gajaman who says, Charlie is the best girl and we will be best of friends. Fire emoji. Charlie being the dog you can pet. Yay. Yay. Every game should have a dog you can pet. That's just that's just smart. Next up, we've got one that said, I, as a hunter, want definitely Blade, Wolverine, and Iron Man, as long as they drink wine with me and listen to the blues. <laughs> I'm all good. <laughs> um, I love how specific that is. That is the vibe I want in this game is like if you can have a scene in a smoking where... jacket. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. Herbe Dorotillo at Herbe underscore Excelsior tweeted, My Midnight Suns slash Avengers member who wants to forge a friendship with a hunter is Captain America because he can do this all day. That's just so pure. Oh, friendship all day. That's so mm -hmm. nice. Tone to Shields at Tone Dash says... Blade or Ghost Rider? I love those characters so much. So it's one of them for sure. Also, what's a friendship with Ghost Rider like? Are you ever just like, can you turn your face off so we can have a conversation? Or you'd be like, oh, my pizza's gotten cold. Can I just hold it over your head for like a second <laughs> and warm it up? Or I have some marshmallows. Let's have some marshmallows, friend. Like I always have cold hands. I could just be like, hey, it's cold out here. Can I warm my hands on your head? There you go. See, that's, a, that's see, that is that's a good friend to have. Mm -hmm. David at Gotham Ghost 11 says my hunter definitely wants to be friends with Magic, Spider-Man and Nico, though I do love all of the sons. Magic is the correct answer. Coulter Blackwell at War Paint Club said Magic. I love her origin story and how she has such an inner struggle to constantly overcome, as well as her empathy for orphaned children. Make her a very badass and respectable companion in my book. X-Men forever. Do you think magic would just like take you to limbo for funsies? Oh my gosh. I want to go to limbo, be so terrified, and just have magic be the most badass like protector in the world. Oh, Do you think anyone's ever like, take me to limbo? And they're like, this is not what I meant. I thought it was the fun thing under the stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the time. <laughs> At cafe underscore comiquero tweeted, my hunter will be friends with Nico Minoru. And if for some reason she ends up disliking my hunter, I'll start the whole game over. Commitment. Oh my God, I love that. Burn it down and start over again is exactly the vibe if you don't get the friendship you want. That's the way to do it. That's what you gotta play. 
Saberlord Obo Shoes at Slordo Shoes says Nico Minoru because her power set I find to be the most interesting and having her reprised by uh, Lyrica Okano is a huge bonus. Of course, Lyrica is the actress who played her on Marvel's Runaways. Also, Spider-Man and Ghost Rider because they're both awesome. We got an email from our pal Joe who said, Dear Ryan, Lorraine, and James, I hope you were all doing well and you all had a great Thanksgiving. Joe had a great thing about our gift guide and saying how he, he got the copies of How to Read Comics the Marvel Way, Marvel's Black Panther script to page. Those are going to be helpful for him. And he says, in an answer to question of the week, my BFF within Marvel's Midnight Suns would be Nico. I've been a huge fan of Nico since The Runaways, and I'd love to hang out with her and be there for her. She works to get her self-confidence back, like in the Marvel Comics version of Midnight Suns. See, there's another plug for the Midnight Suns comic. Thank you, Joe, for that. Everybody go read that first issue over on Marvel Unlimited. There you have it. We got a Facebook message here from Raphael Michelangelo Perry said three things I'd like to say. One, bring back the Marvel credit card. (laughs) Shout out to that. Two, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special was great. Three, happy holidays all. Thanks, Raph. We got another Facebook message from Carly Palmer, who said, I just watched Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, and it was awesome. Plus, I couldn't stop laughing at Mantis being a dork, and I loved the credit cookie. Yes, always stay till the end of the credits. You're welcome. All right, we got an email here from Mahika who said, Dear Twim team, to answer your question of the week from November 4th, who is your favorite Wakanda character? It's nearly impossible for me to choose since every character is so unique and incredible. But if I had to, it would have to be Shuri. Shuri has such a great sense of humor. She's witty and sarcastic and has the mind of a teenager. But at the same time, she's brave and caring and loving and selfless. Not only this, but... Her technological mind is exceptional and, in my opinion, the only mind that can challenge Tony. She's incredible in every aspect, and I'm thrilled to see her take the lead in Marvel Studios' Black Panther Wakanda forever. Love this week's podcast as always. Thank you for making our weeks better. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. And we wanted to give a special shout out to our friend of the show, listener, and an educator of young minds, Kevin Helfman. Kev, I won't say it was your awesome wife, Lauren, who let us know it was your birthday last week, but let's just say that we now know it was your birthday last week. Yay! How nice. We love love. Happy birthday. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brett Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Science. Thank you, Science, for keeping me alive this week. I'm Ryan. All right. This is Mark. Your universe. Your universe.